Welcome to Real Talk with Bishop Brown. Our hope is that you are blessed and that your relationship with God continues to grow and flourish. The next voice that you'll hear will be that of Bishop Brown. Thank you for listening. Would you stand and turn with me to Luke chapter 8? To Luke chapter 8. And meet me in verse 26. Now, Lord God, breathe on your preacher and your people in such a way that life is restored unto us. Take my mind and think your thoughts. Take my mouth and speak your word. Take our muscle and do your work. So that at the end of the day, you will have been glorified. The people of God will have been edified. And even sinners will have been saved. This, our prayer, we ask in the strong and perfect name of Jesus, who is the Christ. The people of God said, Amen. Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, there met him a man from the city who had demons. For a long time, he had worn no clothes and had not lived in a house but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. Jesus then asked him, what is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him, and they begged him not to command them to depart into the, uh, the abyss. I'm just going to stop reading right there. I, I, there's more to read, but, you know, uh, you may have your seats with your Bibles open. Thank you to our ushers, to our, our music ministry, certainly our media ministry, and the like. Um, this message is, I guess, part three of the message, the series entitled, The Uncomfortable Church. The Uncomfortable Church. Um, I am yet amazed by the providence of God. By providence, I mean to suggest that God has the ability uh, to see the end from the beginning. Uh, if you've ever gone to a parade, um, it has always been a, a frustration that I really didn't know I had until I kind of got a little old and thought it through. 
but you never really see the whole parade. You, you only see the bite of the parade as it passes you by. And all and very often when you're at a parade and you're engaged in that in that in that moment, uh, you don't know what's coming next. Uh, it is a series of surprises, so to speak. Uh, that's really kind of like life. It, 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 is, it is really, um, you know, when you're living life, you are looking at it in, in sound bites. You're looking at life through sight bites. And though it's moving, we only get a glimpse at a time. You don't know what tomorrow holds, and uh, we scarcely remember what happened yesterday. And so in the present moment is really where life happens. Not so with God. God is so much God that not only does he orchestrate everything, but he also facilitates he, he manages, he, he, he presides over the entire parade of life. Which means then that, that because he is the author and finisher, because he is God and God alone, he can be trusted. He can be trusted. It's amazing to me how we have the nerve not to trust God. How we who have been here for only a vapor's worth of time have the audacity to not trust he who is yesterday, today, and forevermore. How, how is it that we being graveyard travelers have difficulty trusting the only one who was here when we got here and will be here when we're gone? How is it that God who, who, put, who set the stars in the sky and, 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 and carefully placed the sun in such precise a distance from the earth uh, that if it were any closer, we'd burn up. If it were any further, we'd freeze. How is it that he gave us long before IBM or whoever created, uh, Steve Jobs created the com their computers, long before that, he gave us a computer in our head called a brain, uh, which manages uh, all of the systems uh, within our bodies and keeps them uh, flowing. And uh, how do we get to a place where we stop, if we've ever started, trusting God, providence to see before. Uh, and anybody knows that when God sees, uh, he, that automatically includes God acting. He, he can't just see something without doing something about it. And, uh, and so when I, when, I, when I read this passage about this, this man in the tombs, I cannot fully appreciate 
this without recognizing how God got the church from where it was to where the man in the tombs was. Mm. You recall two sermons ago, we talked about this uncomfortable church and the fact that Jesus beckoned his disciples uh, to get into the boat, which belonged to one of those disciples, likely Peter or Andrew or James or John, who were fishermen. He, he beckons them. He compels them. He, he, he calls them uh, to leave their comfortable place on the shore uh, to get into the boat uh, and go uh, where Jesus said uh, we're going. And where did he say that they were going? To the other side of the lake. He said with precision, he says with, 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 with clarity, uh, he cast the vision uh, that we are no longer going to stay where we are. We're going uh, to the other side. And I don't know who, who needs to know this or who needs to hear this again, uh, but, but God is not interested in you staying stuck where you are. I'm wondering who I'm talking to right now that, that feels a, a sta a, that you're in a state of stuckness. I don't know if that's a word, but you know what I mean. You're, you're in a state of, 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 of just, uh, I can't think of the other word for stuck, but, but you're stuck. You understand. You, 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 you're, you're mentally stuck. You're emotionally stuck. And sometimes we get stuck in places we don't really like to be. You're stuck in what you might call depression. You're stuck in what you might call frustration. You're, you're stuck. Who, who in the house would acknowledge that? Yeah, I'm, I'm stuck. I've, I've been here too. I've been here too long. And, 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 and what, what stuck is, a picture of it is, if you can picture um, a, an army uh, battalion uh, that, that is following after uh, their drill sergeant, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and you know you're part of it, but, but, but you seem like you are marking time. Anybody in the military folk in the house? Yeah, marking time. I learned that in ROTC. Marking time means uh, you are stepping, but you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you're marching. You're utilizing your legs, uh, but you're not covering ground. And, and sometimes uh, we are in a, 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 we're in a, we're in a holding pattern, if you will, uh, until... Uh, Either God moves the situation uh, or until God empowers us to move. And I want to say to us, uh, we've got more moving power than we realize. God, God, God is not stagnant. He's not, he's not stationary. He's, 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 he's everywhere uh, at the same time. He was with, he was there yesterday, uh, and before tomorrow comes, he's already there. Why are you worrying about tomorrow when God is already there waiting on you to get there? And if God is waiting on you to get there, God has already uh, dealt with whatever challenges uh, will meet you there. That is not to suggest that you won't have challenges, but it is to suggest uh, that there are no challenges that he doesn't know about. And as long as he knows about them and he lets me come to him or come to them or 
them come to me, uh, that means uh, he has a purpose for me with the challenges. He tells his disciples, get in the boat, we're going to the other side. And the Bible says he went to sleep. Can I just say this for us right quick, right, right quick? Here's a, 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 a point I want you to hold on to. There are some things we will never experience, we will never know about life, about God, about anything unless we get into the boat. Unless we get into the boat. Now, I'm telling you right now, and I'm not promising, let me, let me, tell, let me say it like this. I'm telling you right now, when you get into the boat, uh, you will be faced with challenges. I need a witness right there. When you make up your mind that you are going to follow Jesus, please be ready uh, for challenges. Fact about it, uh, you may not ever had a challenge uh, like the challenge you're going to have when you start following Jesus. Come on, y'all. Friends you fought were friends. Loved ones you fought were loving. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you will find uh, when you start following Jesus Christ, uh, they will, they're going to have a different disposition toward you. So, so they get into the boat, and they are making their way to the other side. And, of course, as we know now, Jesus goes to sleep. Jesus goes to sleep. We, we're, we're in a boat at his invitation, though it's our boat. Jesus just kind of took over it, which is his right to do. And they're in the boat, obediently so, and he has the nerve as the host to go to sleep. And that's okay, but isn't it somewhat, uh, we would call it a coincidence, that as soon as he goes to sleep is when the storm comes. As soon as, as he goes into the, the, the hinder part of the ship uh, is when uh, hell uh, comes. It's when high water comes. It's when trouble comes. And as the trouble comes, I would imagine at first they were trying to handle it all themselves. Okay, y'all, it's a storm. You know, we, we know how this works. We, we're, we're fishermen. We, we know this territory. We're, we're in the sea where we fish all the time. We got this. That's when the clouds start showing up, you know. But then not only did the clouds show up, uh, the rain started coming down. But then not only does the rain come down, the waters come up. It's one thing to have water coming down. It's a whole other dimension when the water is in your boat. You know, now you, you're in the boat, and you're, you, 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 your, feet are, your feet are wet now. Your socks are wet. You, 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 you see that there is a problem here. But not only uh, does, the, does the rain come down and not only does the water come up, but then the winds of adversity blow from side to side. Uh, 
I wonder if there's anybody here whose life looks like that. If it doesn't look like that right now, you just stay in the boat. And through all of that, we got a sleeping Savior. I, I, I said to us, I think, last week that, that there's two ways to look at that sleeping Savior scenario. One, most people look at it as, from this vantage point. Um, I'm in the boat with Jesus, and Jesus is present, but he's asleep. That's one way to look at life. That where where you, you essentially blame God, where you essentially uh, have a temper tantrum against God. You got an attitude with God because he he because Jesus goes to sleep. That's one way to look at it. Another way to look at it, I would prefer this for me, and that is, the storm has come. I'm in the boat, right, and uh, and. He's asleep, but he's present. Oh, my God. Let me tell you something. His presence changes everything. His presence is so powerful that, look, even nature respected his presence. See, because he created everything, everything submits to him. And, and, and so, though he's sleeping, uh, he's still present. Beloved, I know in your life you get to a place and a time where you can't seem to hear God's voice. I've been there. I know that place where, where, where you are kind of, as I said, stuck because you can't hear his voice. But I need us to go home with this reality. Though you may not be able to hear his voice, you can always rely on his, on his presence. On his presence. I, come on now, y'all. On his presence. On his presence. The fact that he's there. Though he may be silent, he's present. I can't get hung up with y'all right there because I, I got to go to the next section because, because, because you, 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 he deals with and they deal with these uninvited challenges and all of that. They finally wake him up and, and, Jesus, and Jesus immediately rebukes the wind and the waves and they die down. Just a word from Jesus. You, 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 here's what's interesting. We, we struggle to make it to church on a consistent basis. We struggle to show up at whatever we call Bible study or word works or, 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 or get in the script, whatever you want to call it, you know, trying to be creative and cute to attract people. But the reality is, is that, is that we struggle in our attempts to, to be faithful to being taught God's word. But here is the reality, and that is, and this is why the enemy makes it such a struggle. Because the enemy knows that if we indeed embrace his word, then our lives and the lives around us will change. And they will change, listen, in some instances, instantly. 
You've been praying about a change for your life. You've been hoping for a change. You've been, you've been wishing. You've been, you've, been, you've been scratching off trying to, looking for a change. You, you, you've been trying to holler at Mary and Sue and Shirley try, looking for a change. You, you've been trying to get hollered at by Tim and John and Mike. You, you've been doing everything you can uh, to evoke a change. Uh, and the Lord is saying to each and every one of us, if you would just get into my word. Because the change that you're looking for is already in you. You just need God's word to unlock. The, I wish I, okay, I'm, I'm not. Let me, let me move forward here because, because I done got too excited for my own good. Um, um, so, 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 so there's that. And um, he, he silences the storm. And then he asks them a question. And the question is simply, where is your faith? He, he, he doesn't rebuke them. He doesn't chastise them. He doesn't cuss them out. He simply says, where's your faith? Why, why, why does faith become an issue in this scenario? Well, because uh, faith is a response uh, to God's word. We know what, Roman, what Paul said in the book of Romans about faith. Now, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so uh, when we hear God's word, uh, there is a response of obedience that is expected. Now, if Jesus says we are going to the other side of the lake, uh, look, he doesn't have to fill in all the blanks and the gaps and paint the whole picture about the trouble that's going to come. Uh, all we need to do is remember his words. Remember his words. We're going over, not under. We're going across. We're not staying here. But we tend to forget. And so Jesus says, you've forgotten what I said. It doesn't, it's not written that way in the text. But when asking them the question, where is your faith? He is saying to them, you have forgotten what I said. I can't, I can't hate on these disciples. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've forgotten or ignored what he has said. Can anybody identify with that? That, that, that? that you know you've heard his word, you've read his word, you've studied his word, but trouble came and you forgot his word. Peter had an experience one time when, when, when he saw Jesus walking on the water and he said, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come out to be with you. In other words, give me a word that will allow me to move from where I am to where you are, Jesus simply said, come. Peter gets out the boat, all that he had to do, gird his boat, whatever, and, and he's walking. He's looking at Jesus, and he's walking. Does that sound familiar to in your situation? As long as you got your eye on the Lord, you don't even realize you're walking on water. You don't even realize God is using you at a whole nother level. You don't even understand. You don't know how you got from way over here to way over there. 
All you know is uh, he told you to come. And because he told you to come, you started heading in this direction. The water you ain't paying in no, never mind. But, but Peter, while he was focused on the Lord, stayed up on the water. But he took his eye off of the Lord and started focusing on his circumstances. Oh, God, who in this house has been, has, knows what it's like to follow the Lord and to have God do in you and through you uh, what you could never do on your own? And, and, and as long as you're following him, it's all good. But just as soon as you start looking at circumstances and situations, soon as you start listening to other voices telling you you can't walk on water, here you are walking on water, but other voices are saying you can't walk on water. And, 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 and you start paying attention to anything other than uh, Jesus saying, come. Now, all of a sudden, you find yourself sinking in that which you used to be on top of. Now, all of a sudden, you find yourself under that which you used to be over. Am I talking to somebody in the house that can identify with taking your eye off of the Lord the good news in that story is that Jesus is present. I said it before, and I'll say it again. He might be silent, but he's present. Anybody here know that he's present? Anybody here knows that he's Emmanuel, meaning God with us? He's right here. Right now, don't you worry and don't you fret. Don't jump out of the boat unless Jesus says come. Because the God I serve, I said the God I serve is present. Yes, he is. He's present. He's with me. And he who is with me is more than those that are against me. Praise be to God. Is there anybody here that knows that he walks with you and he talks with you and every now and then tells you that you are his own and the joy that we share as we tarry there is like none other can, has ever known. I praise God for his presence. I wish that I didn't take so much time because there's a whole nother man that I needed to talk about. If the Lord gives me another Sunday, I promise I'll deal with the other man. But right now, I've got to deal with the other man. Anybody know Jesus? Anybody got Jesus? I dare you right now. If you got good religion, if you got a relationship, I dare you to show some sign. I dare you to raise your hand. I dare you 
to clap your hands. I dare you to open your mouth. I dare you to stomp your feet. Because when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Is there anybody with a hallelujah in your heart? I dare you, I dare you, stand on your feet. I dare you, let the world know. I serve a risen Savior in the world today. I know that he's living. Whatever they may say, he lived. He lived. He lived. He lived. He lived. Ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. He took a man on his way to hell and changed my life and gave me a story to tell. Now I go when I don't feel like going. Now I preach when I don't feel like preaching. Now I testify when I used to be too cool because you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. Anybody got a testimony? Anybody got a story? Quit acting so sedated and show some sign that the Lord has done great things, great things, great things, great things. Anybody here? Great things. I didn't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But every time I turn around, he keeps on, he keeps on, he keeps on blessing me. Woke me up this morning, started me on my way, food to eat, water to drink, a family to love. I know he's all right. Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? It's going to get uncomfortable. It's going to get uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable. Nowhere in the Bible do you hear God telling us to follow him for comfort. He will comfort, but the trip ain't comfortable. We're on a journey, beloved. We're on a journey. And we're going to run into some storms. Yesterday when I woke up, 
Yesterday was after the next, the previous day. Previous day was bright, sunny, beautiful. Woke up yesterday, it was gloomy. Fact about it, it started raining. Anybody get rained on yesterday? Yeah, I wasn't expecting that to happen. I thought it was going to be sunny just like the previous day. But I learned something. That in this life, storms are under his control. I done preached out of my belt. Storms, storms are under his control. And as long as he's in my boat or I'm in his boat, bring the storm. Bring the storm. See, our problem is we've allowed Satan to punk us. We've allowed the enemy to punk us. And any sign of trouble, any sign of a storm, any sign of any kind of adversity, we're ready to throw in the towel. We're ready to wave the white flag of surrender. God ain't looking for no punks. God is not. Can you tell your neighbor, neighbor? I don't know if you're a punk or not, but God ain't looking for no punk. Now, I ain't talking about no super macho, pseudo macho person. I'm talking about the person uh, who will just simply trust God. Just simply trust God. You don't have to understand God to trust him. Just trust him. Just trust him. I couldn't preach out of my belt if I hadn't had some experience with trusting God. Oh, God. Would you, would you maintain your, continue standing? And those who are not standing, would you stand with me? Um, it's time for somebody else to get in this boat. There's a boat of salvation where you just, it's time for you to give your life to Jesus Christ. There is no valid explanation as to, as to why things are the way they are for you, for you, for us, for we, for us. You can't explain in human logic how, how the goodness of God keeps following us around. And if you don't know Jesus, he's simply trying to show you that he's got his eye and his mind and his heart on you. He loved you. Look, as is. As is. You done bought a used car before. It had that sticker on it that said, as is. That simply meant they, were, they wasn't fixing nothing. That's how God loves us. You don't have to get yourself together. 
Because if you did, how much getting together would you get? What would you do? Where would you start? Because if you hadn't done it by now, what makes you think you can do it now? You can't get yourself together. You can go back to school, but there's still going to be a mess in school. You can jump into a marriage, you're going to be a mess in marriage. He wants to make all the changes. You just have to open and receive and then obey. It's time to get into this boat. You need every person that God created, he purposed for them to be saved. The reality is everybody's not going to be saved. Because God is a God who gives us free will. That lets you know how cold God is. If I was God, you wouldn't have a choice. I'm not God. God gives us choice. Which means he gives us the choice of going to heaven to be with him forever or going to hell to be apart from him forever. It boils down to that. Choice is yours. The choice is yours. And I don't care how long you've been in church. Do you know you can go to hell from church? Yeah. 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 Because I grew up thinking if I could just be a member of the church, I'm good. And I was a member of the church I grew up in from somewhere around six or seven uh, until, and had I died before I turned 22, in hell I would have lifted my eyes. Here I am, the grandson of the pastor, junior deacon, on his way to hell. And I know there's somebody in here right now. You've been in church a long time. And you thought just being a member was all you needed. No, sir, no, ma'am. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're going to be a good church-going member whose name is on the roll of the church person in hell. And I don't say that to scare you, but I got to say that to alert you. Here is the good news. Somebody say, whew, I needed some good news after that. Here's some good news right here. You can today, in fact, right now, change the whole trajectory of your life. Your life your temporary life on earth, your eternal life in his presence. You can make a decision today that will affect that by inviting Jesus to come into your life. He loves you as is. You won't get a better deal. I don't know what you're waiting on. You ain't going to get a better deal. That's the best deal going. And that's the only deal, I, I'm using the secular terms because that's all sometimes we understand. That's the best deal that anybody can ever offer you. 
because he is the only credible deal maker. You've made some deals with some lesser folk, with some shady, po- shady folk. I know, I'm, I know, I, I wish y'all would talk to me. You done been in deals with somebody you knew was shady when you went into the deal with. Somehow believing or hoping for the best or crossing your fingers. And they did just what they were supposed to do. They let you down. But I got somebody who has never let me down. Maybe it's just me. I've got somebody who has never. I've let him down. He's never let me down. And I want you to know the Jesus that I know. I want you to experience the love I've experienced. I want you to be in contact with the person who has taught and is teaching me what a real man really looks like. And if you're a sister, he's able to teach you what a real woman looks like. We take so many of our cues from this sickly, secular society. And society will have us twerking. They'll have, society will have us doing all kinds of. That our foreparents would roll over in their grave. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. So somebody's here today, I believe, that knows that it's time to get into the boat. Whether it's the boat of salvation or whether it's the boat of service. The boat of service where you're in the boat and he saved you. But now what? Because he, look, see, we confuse God's boat with the world's boat. The world's boat is a cruise ship. God's boat is a battleship. We're doing battle. If you think you're not in a battle, you're not on God's ship. Yeah. What, what kind of changes are you making in the world? Or are you only interested in your little space? You were created for more than that. I got to cut this off. If you know you need to be in the boat, the boat of salvation, the boat of service in the company of all of us who are here. Would you raise your hand, Pastor Brown? I need to be in this boat. I need to be. I see your hand, brother. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Somebody else. I want y'all to do me a favor. When you see somebody's hand raised, if it's a man, I want you to go to that brother. If you, if you know the Lord, if you're in the boat yourself, I want you to go to that brother, those brothers or that sister, those sisters, and I want you to right there just start praying with the brother 
or the sister or whoever it is, all right? This is a family thing. This ain't no individual. That, anyway, I can't get into that. But, 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 but I saw one or two already. Raise their hand. They need to be in the boat. I see another hand over there. Need to be in the boat. Somebody, somebody go and pray with her. Somebody else is here, Pastor. I need, it's time for me to get off the shore into the boat because I'm tired of getting the same thing I've been getting. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you now. We thank you for my brother who has made some decision. And, uh, Father, I pray right now a hedge of protection around his mind, around his heart. Because as soon as his hand went up, the enemy's fist went up. And we know, God, the enemy is going to use everything he can to discourage and dissuade this, my brother. But, Father, we are praying right now a hedge of protection. Not only are we praying a hedge of protection, we are committing, Father, our own selves to partner with him, to help him to become all that you created him to be, even as you're helping us to become all you created us to be. Thank you that you're still in the life-changing business. And, Father, I just ask right now that even though there are others who need to be right down here who may have allowed fear or intimidation or whatever it is to keep them where they are, Father, I pray that you would loose the chains of bondage and that you would release these, your people, to come and get into your boat, whether it's the boat of salvation, whether it's the boat of service, whether it's the boat of sacrifice, we thank you that you're calling us to these uncomfortable places. In Jesus' name, we pray and praise you. Let the people of God rejoice by shouting amen. Come on and give God some praise. Thank you for listening to Real Talk with Bishop Brown. We hope that you were blessed. If you would like to accept Christ, join our church, help continue the work we are doing in our ministries, watch live on Sundays, find us on social media, or give online, you can visit the link in the episode description. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.